You are listening to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. Now, let's jump into this week's talk. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Samuel Laws. I'm one of our lead pastors, and we want to welcome you. And I just want to say, I never take it lightly when I have an opportunity to share God's word with you, that you're taking time out of your day to gather with us and to really watch and pay attention. And our hope in this time, my hope and my prayer all week long has been that this would be a time for growth, that this would be a time that as we give our attention to God's word, that we would hear some things, we would learn some things, and then we would take action on some things that would tangibly make our lives better. Um, I don't want to be the same person after shelter in place that I was before. I want to be able to look to this season and be able to point to more than learning how to make homemade pizza, right? Or, or in our family, we made paella the other day, and it was awesome, okay? But listen, I want to look back on this season And I want to point to some stuff that God did in my life, some changes that came out of it. So growth can start right now in this moment. As we look at God's word, we must decide if we're going to open our hearts to what God wants to show us. Will I lean in? Will I take notes? Will I meditate on God's word? Will I reflect on it? And then will I take thoughtful action? Or are we going to be distracted? Right now, are we going to be distracted, uh, scrolling on our phones, looking or thinking about other things? Or are we going to really devote our time to hearing from God? Let's hear from God today. People throw the word depth around pretty often in spiritual circles. And one of the things I've noticed is when people say something is deep, what they tend to mean is, wow, that was a lot of information I didn't know, or that was really in-depth, right? But Jesus defined depth differently. Jesus defined it as our capacity for love. Depth is loving God and it's loving people. And so if something makes us more loving, when we hear simple but challenging truth and we take action, that's depth. When, when was the last time you heard a talk and it made you a better husband? When was the last time you heard a talk and it made you a better friend? When was the last time you read your Bible and maybe when you sat down you were feeling cranky, you were feeling critical, you were frustrated... And then you sat down, but your heart was open. And God spoke to you, and you walked away feeling more caring, more compassionate, and maybe more challenged to to be better, to be more like Jesus. See, we need more than ourselves right now. We need more than our friends. We need to hear from God. There are so many different perspectives being shared among Christians. So many different views about the virus, about What's going on, right? Should we reopen businesses or should we wait? Should we reopen churches or should we not? By the way, our church never closed. Okay, we we shut down the building. We haven't been gathering. So I don't know how I feel yet about the reopening churches, okay? Because we're still open. But what are we waiting for, right? How How do we process all of these different views? Or here's a growing question. Is there a conspiracy out there? Are we being primed for something? Like, what's really going on? Now, I'm not going to try to answer that. I have no idea, okay? But what uh, I've been wrestling with and what I was thinking about is just all these different views and not quite knowing what to think. And so I was on a run the other day, and I was talking with God about it. And I was just saying, God, 
give me some answers here. What do I do in this moment? And I felt like God, he gave me a thought that was so much smarter than I am. He said, just be Jesus in this moment. What we need in any moment, in every moment, is more of Jesus. And so as followers of Jesus, we have the ability to bring that. This is a moment to represent Jesus. This is a moment to be a force of love. This is a moment. So the title of today's talk is Don't Miss the Moment. Don't Miss the Moment. You guys might remember those bracelets that everybody used to wear that said WWJD. What would Jesus do? And that's a great question to ask, but I'll never forget one time I was talking to one of my mentors and he said, you know, Samuel, sometimes by the time you've answered that question, you've missed the moment to respond as Jesus would respond. There's a quote that captures this well. It's too much analysis leads to paralysis. I'm an overthinker and I've gotten better over the years, but one of, one of my problems or one of my challenges has been that I'll just overthink things to the point where at times I've missed the opportunity, I've missed the moment. And at that point, it just doesn't matter. And so one of the things I've learned is that there's also something else to be afraid of. And it's not just making the wrong decision. It's not making a decision and missing the moment completely. Moments can be a lot like waves. You can catch a wave, you can miss a wave, you can ride a wave. Uh, and the thing about surfing is, and I don't surf a lot, but when I have, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I just have those short arms, so I get tired real fast. But when you're out there surfing and you see a really good wave, like you want to go hard. You want to catch that wave so you can ride it. But if you miss a great wave, th there's an awareness that, man, we may not see another wave like that the rest of the day. Like some waves are special. And if you miss it, it's gone. You know what kind of people catch waves? people who are looking for them, people who are watching, and people who are prepared. They're ready. See, we've got to be ready to catch the waves. Some of the most important waves for followers of Jesus come in the form of opportunities to love people. Yet as good as that sounds, they aren't always easy to catch. For example, when a young black man is shot and murdered, and it's on the news, we have an opportunity to use our influence we have an opportunity to say something. We have an opportunity to sign a petition, to do a run in his honor, to have meaningful conversations and dialogue. But some of us who are probably white might have got caught up thinking, well, wait a minute, I don't want to say something too soon because there might be more to the story. Right? I don't want to I don't want to jump into this too soon. I might say the wrong thing. It might be it might be misperceived. So we miss the moment. Now, I'm not saying that if you didn't post about Ahmad's death, you're racist, okay? Some people, they're just not on their phones right now. Like maybe you're just kind of purging from all the news because there's been a lot, okay? So I'm not saying you should feel bad if you didn't catch that wave. But what I am saying is for some of us, we missed the moment. Another example, videos are circulating right now about this virus being a conspiracy. And, you know, it's, it's in the news and people are talking about it. And, and maybe you've been getting a little caught up in your frustration. Like, why do I have to wear a mask? Why do we have to wear masks? Like, wearing masks is stupid. I'm frustrated with being at home. I feel stuck. I feel trapped. And there's all kinds of emotion right now, especially in different places. Like, every county, every state, everybody's going through different stuff. So here in the Bay Area, a lot of people are frustrated. Here's the deal. The fear of a neighbor down the street that works at a hospital and is going in every day 
fearful that they might get sick or they might bring it home to their family or somebody they care about might be hurt. That fear is real. And so Jesus in that moment is sharing masks, making masks. Jesus in that moment isn't criticizing, he's comforting. Because the value of a moment to be there for someone, to love someone who is afraid, is way more valuable than our right to criticize, than our right to, to complain about our discomfort. We are living in an age that is full of moments. And the world is moving so fast right now. And if we wait until we're sure that we always have the right answer, we're going to miss some waves. So how can we be ready for the moments that matter most? When you're not sure what to say, or you're not sure what to do, or you don't know how to help. Maybe you've missed some moments lately, like saying what you need to say to your wife or, or husband, getting those workouts in, focusing on your personal growth, or maybe you've been negative when you know you should be positive, or you haven't been spending time with God like you could be. Here's the good news. There are more waves. And in every moment we're in, Jesus can be there too. We can speak and move at the speed of the Holy Spirit, even when we don't have all the answers or we lack motivation. So today I wanna, I wanna talk to you about three ways to engage the moment. And by the way, if you're watching this like six months from now, we're in the middle still of shelter in place. We've been stuck at home, we're stir crazy. And so what I wanna do is I wanna get really practical of some ways that we can grow during this season. 2 Timothy 4.2, Paul is writing to his young mentee, Timothy. Timothy's a young leader who's pastoring a great church. And look at what Paul tells him. He says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Number one, be prepared to share truth daily. Be prepared to share truth daily. There's a big misconception and it goes like this. The preacher does the preaching on the stage. And it's true, I'm preaching right now, but when you look at all the ways that this word is used throughout scripture, it's way more than this. There are actually three different types of preaching. We preach one to crowd, what I'm doing now. We preach one to small group or in a brave group. And then we preach, and this is the most common form, we preach to each other. And so if we're reading our Bible and we're setting aside time to hear from God, there's gonna be something that we can share with a family member, with a friend or a coworker, every single day. We have more to preach than we realize. And people need to hear it. When Paul tells Timothy to be ready, he's saying, hey, read your Bible and, and hear from me. And when you're in a conversation and there's a dot that connects or a thought or something that you realize, wow, God spoke to me about that just earlier today, share that. That's a moment. That's a wave to be caught. You could help correct or encourage someone else. So preach. What are you prepared to bring to the moment? What do you have to say that adds value? Sharing the truth is a lot like giving a gift. And you know, the value and the meaning that comes from a gift has nothing to do with how much it costs or where it was bought. It has everything to do with the heart from which it's being given. And so when we share from the heart what God has given us, we can bring truth that breathes life into others. And it's a gift because it comes from God. And so if you've ever felt like you don't have something to offer, Maybe you don't, but God does. So go to him, get into a daily routine of hearing from him. And when you do, he's going to speak some things and he's going to show you some things that aren't just for you. They're going to bubble up inside of you because they're meant to be shared. It's life giving truth that wants to come out of you to help others.
So when you see an opportunity to share something that you just learned from your devotion time, that's an opportunity to have an impact. Seize that moment. Don't miss the moment. Ride the wave. Enjoy the experience of helping others grow. Uh, What if we asked ourselves every day, God, how can you speak through me today? The truth is a gift. So number one, be prepared to share truth daily. And now let's take a look at another verse, James 1, 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. One of the best ways that we can engage the moment in this season is number two, reach out to a friend just to listen. Just to listen. Uh, If someone pops into your head, don't question it. Just reach out because there are a lot of people who are going through a really hard time right now. Now, maybe don't just FaceTime them, okay? I don't know what it is with this generation, and I'm not that old, but people, like, they have a few people that just FaceTime me. There's no warning, no notice. They just FaceTime me. Boom, declined. I'm unavailable. I'm not answering. I plan for a FaceTime, okay? But listen, if someone pops into your head, you got to reach out to them. And you know what? Maybe you call them up, and they're good. And maybe they're not. So what? The point is, let's err on the side of being there for people. Let's err on the side of caring. Let's err on the side of going and putting forth that extra effort in our relationships while we don't know what's happening. We've never been this isolated. We have no idea what someone might be going through. So of all times, if if someone pops into your head, let's go for it. Uh, Amazing things happen when we listen. Just this last week, my wife Marcy and I We were reading a chapter, we've been going through a chapter a week in this book that we're reading on marriage called The Four Laws of Love. It's also just great for relationships, but every Monday we've been reading it, and the chapter we were looking at this week is called Prioritize Romance. And when I think about that, I'm thinking candles, I'm thinking flowers, I'm thinking cooking a nice dinner, but to my surprise, it was a lot more practical, a lot more basic, but Check this out. So it says one of the keys to prioritizing romance is to meet the needs of someone that that they didn't ask you to meet, like anticipate their needs. Well, a lot of this happens through listening because you don't know what someone's needs are unless you listen to them talk and you hear them mentioning things or sharing things that are important to them. And that's what gives you the clues that you need to meet a need they didn't ask for. So so the next day, Marcy and I were talking about the week and I was a little overwhelmed and I was telling her about all the stuff that we were gonna do this week. And I was up late studying and I woke up and to my surprise, like she had gotten up before me. She was already downstairs with the girls. I got to sleep in a little bit. And then I went downstairs into the kitchen and there was coffee brewing already. I'm like, what just happened? This is romantic. (laughs) Listen, call up a friend just to listen. And as you're listening, look for some cues. Look for some some needs that they might be voicing without realizing it. Look for a way that maybe you could lighten their load by surprise. Something that you could do for them that you know would be special. Don't miss this moment. There are people who need us right now. So let's review. Number one, be prepared to share truth daily. Number two, reach out to a friend just to listen. And lastly, and this may be the most important, if we want to love like Jesus, we need to do this. Number three, embrace mistakes as opportunities for grace. Embrace mistakes as opportunities for grace. Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe you've not been the best version of you during these last few months. 
Giving grace starts with receiving grace in our own lives. And so the most short-tempered, angry, wound up, frustrated people I know, they tend to be the people that have the hardest time receiving grace for themselves. Check this out. In Romans 5.8, there's a line that basically sets the tone for the starting point of our entire relationship with Jesus. This is how Jesus kind of defines the relationship from the beginning. It says in verse 8, but God demonstrated his love for us in this. Here's the line. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. That's grace. That's God's goodness. Grace is undeserved favor. Nothing about our relationship with Jesus is deserved. There's, there's this story, and, and I don't know why, of all the Bible stories that have to do with grace, and there's a lot of them because it, it's a book full of grace, but this one just st- stands out to me for some reason, and it's a little bit random, so follow me on this, okay? But it's 2 Samuel chapter 12, and the Lord sends a prophet named Nathan to King David. And David is the king of God's people, but he's made some big mistakes. He's done some things that don't meet God's standards. And it's not a reflection of God's heart or the kind of culture that God wants in his kingdom. And so God sends Nathan to David, and Nathan tells David a story. He says, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. And the rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ooh lamb he had bought. He raised it and grew up with him and his children, and it shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man had refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to, who had come to him. Instead, he took the ulam that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man, and he said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. And then Nathan said to David, You are that man. David had taken another man's wife. David had the guy killed to cover it up. And he thought he got away with it. He thought it was swept under the rug. It was in the past. He's in the clear. After all, he's the king. But then God sends Nathan to confront him. And in this moment, he says, you are that man. And David knows he messed up. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. See, immediately, the moment David repents, the moment he acknowledges what he's done, immediately God forgives him. That's what God does. He meets us in our mistakes with grace. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. In Japan, they have an art form called kintsugi. And hopefully I pronounced that right. You can let me know in the comments if, if I didn't. But this, this art form is an art of repairing broken pieces of clay, broken pots and cups. And, and, they, and they're repaired with lacquer and gold and silver. And the philosophy behind this is that these cracks and these breaking points tell a story. And by filling them with precious metals, they become a work of art. They become something beautiful that puts these imperfections and these mistakes on display. That's what God's grace does in our lives. Our mistakes can tell a story of God's grace. 
David was cracked and broken, but his family legacy wasn't over. It would still lead to Jesus. David's son would build God's temple where his presence would live until it could later live in us. And when David heard Nathan's words, he heard the words of God. And in that moment, he realized what he'd done. He was able to receive grace. This, this grace is a wave that just keeps coming throughout our lives, waiting for the moment that we'll paddle and ride it. Some of us, if we're being real, we've struggled during this season. We've had some moments and we've made some decisions or said some things that we're not proud of and maybe they were wrong. You might be in a season where it's like the waves, they just keep passing you by and you're trying to get up and, and it's like no matter how hard you paddle, you just can't catch one. Here's the key, is to recognize our faults and receive God's grace. You're not gonna be able to get up and catch waves if you're not able to receive the grace required to ride them. Our first inclination when we know that we're wrong isn't to admit it. It's to get defensive, it's to hide it, it's to you know, rationalize it away or be in denial because the way of the world is to crucify. The way of the world is to hold it over our heads, hold it against us, but that's not how it is in the kingdom of God. See, the Holy Spirit creates an environment of grace where someone can point out our fault and we can say, yeah, you're right. You know what? I'm working on that. Or thank you. I, I, needed, I needed to see that. And so as we close, maybe some of you have yet to respond to the ultimate moment, the ultimate wave to catch. Jesus said the time has come. In other words, the moment is now. He said the kingdom of God has come near. God's kingdom is being established as we speak. And what is this moment for? To repent and believe. For some of you, this is a moment to believe. This is a moment to reconcile your relationship with God, to begin following Jesus for the first time, to see your life transformed by God's grace. And for others, maybe there's some cracks that are standing out. And this is a moment to repent, to realize like David you are that man. You are that woman. And to say, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to own up to these things. And I want to I turn back to you. And I'm going to trust that your grace is enough. Can I pray for you? God, I pray for everyone watching, everyone in, engaging with this moment, God. I pray that you would meet them. Meet them in their places of brokenness. Fill this moment with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just made that decision for the first time to decide to follow Jesus, let us know in the comments. Go to brave.church forward slash follow Jesus or even shoot us an email. We would just love to connect with you, to be there for you, to help guide you in this moment. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this gathering encouraged you, challenged you, and filled you with hope. Even if you aren't local, if this ministry is impacting you or your family's life, we appreciate your giving. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for regular notifications. Check out brave.church for the latest news. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.